Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 246 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. It's drill of the week time, and today we'll be discussing service practice. As usual, we have the Ping Skills question of the days, and in your questions, we talk about the infamous ping pong zone, developing a faster backhand and a slow third ball. I'm Jeff Plum. And as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, and good morning to you too. Good morning, everyone, or afternoon or evening and wherever you are in the world. Absolutely. Um, you know, with the power of the internet, you could be anywhere watching and listening to this show at any time. It's fantastic. Um, now, Alois, the other day I went to a cubing competition and I forgot to show everyone my Arnold medal from the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Classic. wow. Check out the size of that. <laughs> that is good. Arnie medal. <laughs> now, I don't know, Alois, maybe this can be another Ping Seals question of the day for another time because um, this was just like a participation award. Mm, love to hear what people think about participation awards at some stage. Uh, that that could definitely be tomorrow's ping skillers question of the day, I think. Exactly. Anyway, yesterday's ping skillers question of the day was, after the results in Kuwait, who are your picks for the two men and two women to represent China at the Rio Olympics? Who's everyone thinking is going to make it? Okay, well, um, in the men's, pretty overwhelmingly, Ma Long and Zhang Zikur. Wow, uh, no Zuzin, no Fan well, Zendong. Well, yeah, Fan Zendong didn't even get a mention or, you know, or Fang Bo. Uh, apparently, Fang Bo came runner-up at the World Championships recently, but, you know, no love for Fang Bo. Um, so, yeah, Rory uh, Goulding said, Ma Long and Zhang Zikou, at their age, it will be their last Olympics and the ultimate battle royal. Oh, well, there you go. Um Eugene, Ma Long, Zhang Zikou, Lu Xiwen, Ding Ning. Done. It's a deal. Um, Duncan Wright said, can't help but think Zhang Zikou's fighting spirit is back. Ma Long looked so nervy against him. Got to be those two. Um, but um, Zaya said, totally disagree. Zhu Zin deserves to be in one of the two list. Uh, the other vacancy should go to Zhang Zikou for his form. What about Ma Long? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so some, um, yeah. It's a brave call to leave out Ma Long. Um, yeah, no, Ma Long's got to go. And so the um, the Asian qualification tournament is uh, is in April. Um, so coming up pretty soon. And just reading a little bit about the system again. So... The Asian qualification, and it's because the zone's so big, they have it in five zones. So there's the Central Asia, East Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia, and West Asia zones. So players play within their zones to start off with. And then the winners of those zones take one spot each. So that's five spots gone. Then um, after that, uh, a maximum of two players from each zone um, then play in the second stage to to um, get the other six qualifications.
qualifiers from Asia. So it's pretty uh, intense and pretty uh, elaborate sort of event. Uh, but yeah, as I said, that uh, coming up in Hong Kong um, in April. So only a couple of weeks away, players will be starting to get a bit edgy. Um, all the all the big boys from China, though, are going to the Qatar Open this week, starting today. Um, so um, interestingly there, though, Ma Long and Zhang Zikir drawn in the same half. So they will meet in the semi-final if they get there. Um, and... Um, in the other half, who we got? We got uh, Fan Zendong um, and Zhu Xin. So Fang Bo, I don't think, not in the main draw. So I haven't checked whether he's in the groups. But, uh, yeah, so those four um, are there at the at the Qatar Open starting today. So watch out for results there as well. So these players, obviously, you know, really trying to fine-tune before the big event now, before uh, the uh, Olympic qualification tournament. And uh, and getting out there and playing quite a few events. So Ovcharov also in the Qatar Open. Um, yeah, the Qatar Open is normally a big one, um, yep. popular. Um, Samsonov, events on the Pro Tour. Yep, yep. Samsonov, Mizutani, um, Marcus Freitas, um, Koki Niwa, yeah, Chung Chi Wan. So yeah, big event, big event coming yeah. up. Exactly. So everyone get onto ITTV and watch the Kuwait Open when it starts. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's so, going to be a great so, time for table tennis this year. A lot of good events. Yeah. yeah and qualifications and the Olympics. Yeah. And starting up um, is also the Oceana qualification tournament for the Olympics. So that starts um, today as well. So um, that's that's. A, Big time for players in Oceania trying to qualify their spots for uh, the Olympics. So maximum of two players from each country. And, um, yeah, that'll be in Bendigo. And Jeff and I will be up in Bendigo doing the commentary on the final day when it's uh, really cutthroat and uh, all the places are on offer. So, yeah, so we will be up there doing that commentary Friday. Absolutely. So we're going to miss Friday's Ask the Coach show, but we if you follow us on Snapchat or some of other social medias, you probably get some updates from us. It's going to be an exciting day. As Alo said, all the uh, Oceanic qualification spots are decided this Friday, so we'll know who's going to the Olympics. All righty. Um, let's move on to today's Pink Seals question of the day, which is, what is your favourite venue to play? So jump onto Facebook or our Ping Seals website and click on the blog link. You'll find this show. Leave your comment there and let us know what or where is your favourite venue to play. All right. Moving on, Alois, to this day in history, or as you like to call it, on this day, what happened on the 23rd of March? Uh, it was 1903, Jeff. And the earliest version of the board game Monopoly. Ooh, Monopoly. Excellent. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, Who Monopoly developed. A long game of Monopoly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 1903. It's a long time. You know, that's, well, more than 100 years old, that game. And yes, I'm sure it started lots of arguments. I don't know whether <laughs> it's ever settled anything. Indeed. We've uh, my kids like to play it a little bit, and this, there's some school holidays coming up, and I think we're set for a game of Monopoly. So that that's an interesting one. And apparently, it was uh, um, started by um, a politician 
who um, designed it to promote her political agenda to demonstrate how rents enrich property owners and impoverish tenants. Ain't mm. that true? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. That's right. All That's right. Why now, let's talk about the Power of Practice Challenge, Alois. It's going well. People are still sending us their videos. People are getting yeah. better at the table tapper and the spin catcher. Yep. But we How also found... Sorry? How did you go yesterday? How did oh, it go? Oh, yes. I'd had a bit of a break. I had a couple of days break and went back. And the first few just didn't feel that comfortable. But, you know, within, you know, a minute... Oh, I think I was back to being pretty comfortable with that uh, forehand table tapper. But, uh, yeah, I'd missed a few, so I couldn't set the five-minute record on this try. So then I worked on practicing some backhands and some switching. The switching's really hard because the turning action of the bat takes so long and because you're so close, there's not much time. And the whole skill of this is being able to touch the ball gently and just controlled. And when you switch so fast, it's hard to get there and have that control still. So I'm really struggling with the switching, but, you know, I'll keep working on it, see if I can get that. And, you know, I've still got that goal to get one single rally of five minutes. I've got four minutes and 10 seconds. So five minutes is definitely possible. Yeah, that's that's good. It's um so so with the three days off, you did feel like there was at the start there was a little bit of a decrease or decline, but then you you were able to bring it back pretty quickly. Yeah, like it. it it's not like I lost the skill or anything. It's just like I haven't hit the ball for a few days, so I just need a few hits just to get to get it back in my mind exactly how soft you need to do it. So it's kind of yeah. more like I just needed a warm up, I think, rather than a rather than a real decrease in skill. Yeah. That's why I think this one, I think this table tapper is simpler than the spin catcher, to be honest, because I think it's all about just being able to hit the ball softly. And once you get that, you're in business. And I've seen, you know, Stanley, he's been doing the table tapper on a really thin edge. And the first day he was struggling, but then you could see he suddenly was getting a bit more control, hitting it softer. And he, he, his is hard because it's a really skinny edge. And he's really improved a lot, so yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's good. And so th- I think the other thing is, though, Jeff. So do, do you find like so you've been doing it for twenty two days now? Are you starting to get bored of that same of that simple skill? Do you feel like you, you, you've you've started doing the the switching? I noticed, and you, you did quite a bit of the switching um, yesterday. So are you getting bored with just the simple skill of the single side tapper? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's okay to try the five minutes because it's still like a challenge. Um, but yeah, if I miss one of those and can't do it in my five minutes practice in a single rally, I'll just, I think I'll just switch to doing the switching or the backhand because yeah, the forehand one is a little bit boring. The only challenge there is to get the five minutes, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I find, I'm, I'm finding the same with the spin catcher, not to the same extent because it's still quite, it's still a difficult skill. But yeah, I f- found that I've needed to just move on and do a few different things and just uh, break up the practice a little bit. So not do the same practice um, all the time, um, even in the five minutes. Some days at, when I do start to switch and do different drills, like that five minutes goes bang, like, really quickly but if I, I think if i just did the 
Marcus Frey to spin catcher for five minutes now, I think I'd struggle to just hold it. I'd struggle um, to hold my attention for that amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because to improve, you need to be focused. And so if you're not focused, you're not really going to improve much. So I guess it's a lesson there, isn't it, that you've got to vary your training, you know, applying this to table tennis so that you're doing things that are new, that keep your mind engaged so you can actually learn. Yeah, as long as as long as long it's still going towards that one goal. So I think, you know, the, the switching stuff that you're doing is still relevant to being able to have really good control on the forehand table tapper. And I think it's, you know, it's just all developing that real touch and feel. Um, and I think this, it's the same with uh, the spin catcher. You know, I'm trying the backhand. I'm trying to roll it over the top, um, those sort of things. And I think it's all just developing the touch um, to get that contact right. So, yeah, I think as long as you're, you're still heading towards the same goal, you know, a variation of practice is, is good sometimes. Mm, indeed. And we found a video, thanks to someone commenting, on Zuzin and Ma Long doing the spin catcher alloys, which is pretty impressive. And Ma Long starts off with a spinning the ball up in the air and he really comes down super fast on the ball and catches it. It's quite impressive as well. Yeah, he's and he certainly looks like he's got better touch than Zuzin on it, doesn't he? Because Zuzin, um, yeah, I mean, he, he could sort of do it, but... Um... But, yeah, not straight away. So it's interesting to see those top players and the amount of touch and ability they have. Um, and, um, yeah, and Ma Long sort of, yeah, got it pretty quickly, just bang, you know, he started to do it well. Um, it'd be interesting to, to know whether they had actually done that before or tried that before or it was just yeah. someone came up. And I think um, it was, uh, who's the Austrian guy? Chen Wei Jing was there talking to them. Um, so... Uh, maybe, you know, Chen Wei Jing might have got in there and said, you know, have you tried this? So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So we'll put a link in the show notes to check out uh, Ma Long and Zhu Zin doing the spin catcher. So that's something else you could try out, Lois, like spinning it up and trying coming down like super fast to try and catch the ball. Yep. Um, indeed. Will do. All right. It is Wednesday, which means it's drill of the week time. And today we're talking about service practice. Yeah. So today is, is a pretty general sort of uh, discussion on serving uh, practice. So firstly, I suppose the importance of serving practice. Um, it can be boring, same, you know, as we talked about just earlier in the show. So it's important to have a goal with your service practice set yourself something that you're trying to do during that service time. So you might be focusing on your placement. You might be focusing on generating more spin, getting the ball to curve more, put some targets on the table. Um, so if you do that, then your service time um, is more focused and it'll go a lot quicker as well. I've, I see some players go out and do their service practice and they just going through the motion, just serve, serve, serve. And you can tell that that's really not going to translate when they get into a match situation. You know, when you get into a match situation and, and serve, it's completely different. You know, you've got a different um, preparation. Uh, your your pre-point routine's different. Um, so I think it's really important that you practice that routine, practice the situation with your service, and have a real focus in mind when you're practicing your serves. So how do you practice your serves? A, a, 
easy way is to just get a bucket of 20, 30 more balls if you, if you can. Um, have them there, but make sure that you're not just robotically just taking them out of the bucket and serving, serving, serving. So get get the ball, go through your pre-point routine, and then make sure that you're ready to um, to serve like you would in a match situation. Um, so the things that you can focus on, as I said, like your placement, you can focus on your spin, you can focus on then trying to um, vary the uh, the serve, each serve, and you can also focus on your deception. So uh, trying to do different serves, but perhaps with the same start. So I'm going to do a backspin serve, and then I'm going to do a no-spin serve and trying to have the same starting position for both. So, yeah, lots of things that you can focus on with your service practice. Um, so make it interesting for yourself. Set yourself something that you're really targeting and go for it. Yeah, that's, that's good advice there. So... If you aren't doing service practice, give it a go. And if you are, just set yourself a goal. And like, if you're struggling and you're getting a bit bored, start with a target. I think that's a really good one just to start with. Put a target on the table, try and hit that target. Um, and then, like Alice said, progress. Maybe put some cones on and try and get the ball to spin around the cones. Or if you're doing a backspin one, maybe try and get it to spin back a little bit or back into the net. Lots of things. Mix it up and really focus on your practice. Yeah, and, I, and as far as the time allocated for the serving, you know, again, keep keep the focus. So you don't have to do it for three hours in a row. I mean, three hours, you, by the end, you're just not going to get um, the the focus that you, that you need. You can do five minutes, 10 minutes, um, 20 minutes, you know, maybe half an hour of serving practice. That's about it. Um, and make sure you keep the focus and, and get the... Um, get the serve you know right each time exactly and we've seen the power of practice and how much you can improve in just five minutes a day so you know do it with serving all right let's get on to um our ping skillers questions alloys the first one we're calling the ping pong zone and carol has asked the question and says i play against an opponent who does not practice but just plays on sundays he does not have a proper technique to play but somehow always manages to get the ball on the table. I am a much more experienced player and I know my techniques are better, but I am just not used to playing this kind of style. He usually does not do any forehand tots in strokes. He just waits for me to push the ball back too high and then somehow manages to shoot it uh, the way, either that way or that way, and I don't get it back or I get it back too high and he continues attacking Carol's really struggling here, Alois. What advice do you have for Carol? Uh, it's, a, it's a very common problem, Carol. Do not worry. So, I mean, most players, when they, um, when they play, they'll have, you know, a certain style of player they don't like um, to play against. But the, the defensive player or the person that just stops the ball and places the ball is, is often a source of frustration because they don't look pretty. They don't get out there and do their nice forehand top spins and backhand top spins and hit winners past you. They, they um, are there to frustrate you. They're there to, to get you to make mistakes. So it, it really is a matter of trying to play as much against that style of player as you can. You know, often when we practice, we're practicing against players with inverted rubber on both sides. We're doing this, 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 this. Um, it's important to practice just playing against um 
the junk shots, I call them, you know, the, the softer shots, the slower shots, the backspin, the variation. And the more you can play against that, the easier it starts to get as well. Um, yeah, it, but it is it is frustrating. And I can't remember who came up with the term of the ping pong zone, Jeff, but uh, it was a while ago. I think it was um, Bud, I think. Bud, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there's some interesting discussions on the site about the ping pong zone. So we'll put some links in there um, to that as well. Yeah, so what's the answer? How do you start beating this player? Um, like Cal says, his technique's good, but it's just the style. And, you know, then they attack and it's a weird sort of attack. I mean, is it just a matter of getting better? Yeah, it, it for me, it, it is. It's a, it's a matter of getting better. Eventually, um, you can overpower that type of player if, you're, if your strokes are strong enough. So good technique is called good technique because you can advance further with it. The... Um, the other style, you know, the the the, the spoilers um, can't advance to that highest level because eventually um, when they come up against a player that's a little bit stronger with their attacks, they're just going to get uh, blasted off the table. So, so that's what you need to aim for. Keep improving your attacking strokes. Keep improving your ability to read the spin and adjust. And eventually you'll squash them. Exactly. Yeah. So, Carol, try not to get frustrated. Look at it. Look at this as an opportunity to improve your level. So, try and play this type of player as much as you can, and yeah, just keep working on your strokes. And once you can uh, play stronger attacking strokes, you will, as Alloy said, start to overpower them. So, yeah. Good luck. Keep going. You're on the right track. It's good to hear you're getting the right techniques. And we'll put some links in about the ping pong zones, which should help you even further. All right, Alois. Next question is from Joseph, who says, whenever I do a backhand driver loop, I'm never quite satisfied with the trajectory of the ball. It always seems to have too much topspin on it with less speed, and the ball seems to move like the upper part of a circle. So can you give me some advice on how to make a perfect backhand loop? Okay, so no such thing. Um, so um, the thing is, with with all of your strokes, variation's good. So at the moment, you said you're getting the ball to get a lot of spin on it, and it might be a little bit slower and higher over the net, and that's okay. That's a good stroke. But what you're trying to do is to try and hit some balls faster as well. So what you need to do is instead of coming up on the ball so much you need to just come a little bit more forward. So the, the contact becomes a little bit flatter, just a little bit flatter, and you'll be surprised at how quickly that ball starts to, to go uh, in your shot. So rather than that spinnier brushing contact with the upward action, a little bit more forward, and you'll start to get that ball faster. You know, just don't, you don't stress too much about um, the changing the technique. It's only a really subtle change. You can almost do the same thing. Just just think flatter, think faster, and the ball will start to go faster. Absolutely. And, you know, it's great that you're getting lots of top spin because that's what some people struggle with. So, um, yeah, just be, be happy with that and work on getting more forward. And you still need the top spin because you want it to dip down. So, yeah, good work. Now, on a related question, Alois, Sasha says, I'm worried that my opponent will just counter-attack my third ball attack if I just spin it up first, kind of like uh, Joseph was talking about with his backhand. 
So Sasha says, is it okay to just spin the first ball up and then go for it on the fifth ball? Okay. So again, yet yeah, uh, exactly what we talked about with Joseph. So the variation is good. So that spinny third ball is good. It, it can be really effective um, against a lot of players. But if you do that slow spinny topspin every single time, then your opponent's going to get smart and start to be able to punch through that and get the weight of it and get the feel of it. So the key with playing slow and spinny is to have the faster ball in your pocket as well so that you can utilize sometimes just to throw them off their balance and, and throw them off their timing. So, yeah, just a slight variation can be good. Sometimes play the ball fast, um, sometimes play the ball slow, and then you'll find that that slow spinny topspin is really effective, Sasha. Yeah, yeah, good advice. And as always, with all of these things, think about varying your speed, your spin, and your placement. If you're doing a slower third ball, make sure you're placing it well. Maybe your opponent doesn't like it on the forehand. Maybe they don't like it in the middle. So, you know, test them out at different spots and, you know, think about placement as well with these slower, spinny top spins. But, yeah, it's, um, it's a great game, lots of variation, lots of changes. That's why we love it. Always something to work on. All right, Alois, that wraps up show 246. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure you visit pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't. Otherwise, check out all the great videos there. And thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And um, go the power of practice. Uh, we're in the home straight now. So uh, send in some, some more of your videos and so that we can have a look. And, uh, and Jeff and I have got a few more days to try to get some perfect spin catches and Jeff to do the five-minute table tapper. All right. See you tomorrow.